Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go, Buffalo Chan. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Couple of birthday announcements, Bulldog. Oh, hey now. Couple of Buffalo sports legends. Andre Reed has right. a birthday today. Yep, saw that on Twitter earlier. Also, Dominic Hasek. Oh, all right. I did not see that. 59. Arguably the greatest. 199th overall pick in sports history. <laughs> Some would say Tom Brady picked at exactly the same spot uh, in his famous draft, but uh, I would say Dominic Hasek, I think, just to be just to be feisty. Sal Capaccio with us on the Western Hotline. Sal, we'll start with an easy one. Who was better, Dominic Hasek <laughs> or Tom Brady or Andre Reid? <laughs> I'm gonna. Step away on that one a little bit. Not re- don't really want to <laughs> take your time with <laughs> no, it. No, not ready to answer that. I mean, Hashik was the greatest at his position, arguably. Yes, Brady's the greatest at his position, arguably. Brady has more hardware. Uh, I mean, I can't. I mean, I love Andre Reid. I can't put him there, obviously. But um, it's a good question. All right, yeah, maybe Brady. Brady was definitely more clutch than Dom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, it's this is not fair to Sal. So you know, take take the night and maybe it's an extra point show. I don't know. You've got uh, you've got you do what you want. Do what you want. I I have no idea. I thought I was ca- coming on here to talk about Bill's coaching news. Let's I don't know. Do I got I got to settle debates about hockey and football players. Just That's wanted to give you a chance anyway. Okay. Why don't you feel left out, Sal? That's all. How how much in your opinion, Sal, of a formality was it that Joe Brady would get the job? A uh, pretty strong. I mean, I don't know if formality is the word I want to use, but he was, to me, always the number one candidate, and it probably was going to lean that way. Even though they would do a search, they would interview people, they probably knew what they wanted. He checked all the boxes. So unless someone really came in and blew them away, then it was going to be him to me. That's the way it always read. 
Do you have any idea? We heard something about T. Martin last week, I think, right? Um, Thad Lewis. Thad Lewis, sorry. Thank you. Wow, bad mistake. Um, T. Martin was last year, so it's okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. I feel a little bit redeemed. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have mm-hmm. any idea how many candidates they would have met with? Do you have any any idea? I don't. That's a good question. By the way, T. Martin was two years ago, I should say, after Dayball left, and they hired Dorsey. Um, so he would be on your brain for that. And then I do not know. The only one I heard of was Thad Lewis. So um, that's it. So that would probably point to more of the formality. But right. again, if you're, you know, if you're at least looking around, you know, there are, there are bringing people in. There's also just exploratory searches thinking. And if you say, hey, there's really nobody here that checks what we're looking for. He is. He's in-house. And I would also say I always wanted to, you know, keep in mind that Joe Brady could have options the longer it goes. And right. you don't want maybe that to happen if – you want him, you don't want to lose him, the longer it goes, the more opportunities it might open up for him where he says, look, stop dragging your feet, I'm going to Pittsburgh now. Yeah, you know, I did. I mentioned that as a, as a possibility. I, I mean, obviously we don't, we're not saying we know that it happened, but you know, when we talked about this earlier on our show already today, Sal, I, my feeling was I liked, I, I'm fine with Brady. Uh, he was the presumptive, you know, favorite, so it's, it's not a surprise at all that he got the gig. But I like them going through the process. Like I, I would have liked them to talk to, you know, a, ha- a handful more candidates. Mm-hmm. It just so I think there's an opportunity to get information there from outside eyes, right? So it's a form of self scouting. Like, what does this offensive coach think about how we do this? What our strengths are? What our weaknesses are? All that sort of stuff. I think that can be informative and therefore helpful. Um, but the one caveat I, I even added when we talked about this an hour ago or so was I don't know what Brady's prospects were. Like, if, if there was something happening with him and they needed to act to make sure they didn't lose him, um, then I would understand not drawing out the process a little bit longer. Right, and I agree with you 100%. And, and I said that when it happened, like, they would do their, their own franchise a disservice if they didn't, you know, really fully think about anybody else or, you know, bring people in, get some ideas, put some names on the table, no doubt about it. But this is this is part of the same reason we have the debate every year that people do and the league does about hiring people before the playoffs are over. The the bottom line is teams want to and need to and should have the opportunity to start forming their staffs as early as possible. When people say to me there should never be any hiring or interviewing, any interviewing until after the Super Bowl, I don't agree with that. I mean, I think you're penalizing teams that make coaching changes. They need to get their program in place. They need to start putting people in spots to, you know, know their roster and dig in and know what they need to do once come the senior bowl and then the the combine. And there's no no different here, right? Which is you have somebody in your building, it, the longer you go on, if you eventually don't settle on that person, whoever you do settle on is whatever weeks behind. So you always want to make sure you're doing things as quickly as possible. So yes, I agree with you and everything you said, but I also want to respect the time constraint that you're under here to make sure that you get a person that can kind of just keep moving and put their program in place. We have speculated some here in recent weeks about what the offense will look like next year. We had Sean McDermott's comment from last week, throw to win. You know, you have uh, Brady with, you could look at his career. You could look at his career and try to surmise what Sorry. he wants to do. Um, you here? Sal? Yep, you there? I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, we, sorry about that. I you. lost you. I don't know if you heard my whole answer or not. I'm sorry. I lost you for a minute. We did. Okay, so thank you. We, even though we've talked about this before, I'll just get to the question. 
what what is your feel for how you think maybe Brady or McDermott want next year's offense to look in in comparison by comparison to this year's? You know, certain changes now that he's fully in charge, or at least as coordinator uh, Brady, that he might want to make. I don't think that I'm thinking they want anything necessarily huge philosophically changed. I think they want to add people that can help make a change, which is playmakers, which is explosiveness. We heard them talk about it. I don't think that has to be a revamped offense. You know, and going back to the point about the timing here of Brady and all that, you know, Brady's essentially running pretty much Dorsey's offense, I would think, most of the terminology. But what has to happen is he has to kind of bring in what he wants to do along with that, figure out what Josh Allen and everybody else, you know, what worked, what didn't work, how do we mesh these things together, take what Dorsey was doing and then we did, along with kind of what he liked to do when he was at, you know, LSU or Carolina or whatever – And I just think that, you know, philosophically, they kept him in place because they liked what he did. Um, So I don't think you have to have a big change there. What I think has to happen is he's got to have more playmakers and an ability to get the ball down the field, to have explosive plays. So let's just say what could be a philosophical change? Like, I don't know. Are they going to think that, well, we we don't want Josh Allen running as much as you did once you took over? I don't know. I, I find that hard to believe considering... They were in. They he it was such a big part of their offense. Maybe, maybe we're back to square one of. Well, why isn't Josh Allen running again for ten weeks? I don't know. Right. That could happen. So I, I just don't think there's some philosophical shift that's going to become with the offense. I think it's just going to be about getting him more parts. Yeah, I, I think the 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 Allen running thing. I, I would predict now, for whatever it's worth, that we sort of go through the same process we did last year. Eventually, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get to the opening of OTAs and you know mini camps, and then training camps, and you've got like, you know, this this idea that you know, Allen needs to protect himself, and Bean will talk about it. And I'm guessing they'll say a lot of the same things they've said the last couple off seasons. The season will start, and they'll come to a point maybe ideally they have an easier season than they had this year and it waits even longer but when they really need it there it'll it'll be there you know it's going to be there he's not aged out of being an effective runner yet i mean that'll come at some point in his 30s i assume um but them slow playing that part of it i think like they have this past year and maybe even the year before it stands to reason they would do the same thing again because it worked he made it through the year you know he did. I, I want to. It's really interesting you're bringing this up because I was thinking about this the other day, which is they were six and six. And McDermott said, we have to take a look at kind of how we got there. Right. That was that was a big part of mm-hmm. having to play like they're like, well, this rally they had all these wins in a row, five wins in a row, six out of seven. And McDermott's like, well, we put ourselves in a tough spot and we have to look at why that happened. Well, to me, maybe one of the reasons is you didn't allow your quarterback to be your yep. quarterback as much as you should have. You didn't allow Josh Allen to run. So. I'm wondering if they come to that conclusion and say, Mm. you know, yes, we kept him clean. We kept him healthy. Actually, he actually did get hurt, by the way, right? He had a shoulder injury. But, you you know, he didn't miss any time. But maybe that's part of it, Bulldog. I am super curious on how that goes down because I think they will use those same talking points. But I do wonder if they think, hey, we can't can't wait that long. Like, we got to let him play a little bit here because that's part of the reason we were in that situation. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. So Eric Washington is leaving for Chicago. Ken Dorsey, for what it's worth, who is already gone, but getting the offensive coordinator job in Cleveland. Leslie Frazier, also already gone, interviewing in Miami. So a lot happening. What are the Bills losing in Washington? 
A really good teacher. I, I think Eric Washington is a really good teacher at what he does. Um, I enjoy, you know, when we go to practice, a lot of times that group, especially in the field house, they're kind of right next to us because we can only go in a certain area there. But even out on the field, I, I love going over and watching him work with his group. You know, it, it's so it, it's interesting. You get guys like Von Miller who put so much time in this league and Hall of Famers. But Eric Washington still teaches. Like he still teaches Von Miller. Like they're, they go through things and they're, you know, going over hand placements and stuff like that. I think that that's what appealed to the Bears about bringing him in. We talked with Chris Emma today on the um, uh, from our Odyssey sister station in Chicago on the Extra Point Show, and he said that Matt Eberflus talked about getting teachers. So I think that's what they're losing there. But that doesn't mean that um, you know they can't have somebody else who's you know just as good of a teacher or. You know, have that same relationship. I think the relationships part of it matter. Sean talked about that with the assistant coaches and, you know, the the energy and stuff like that. Those are things that Eric Washington brings. And he also, guys, just brings a very big wealth of knowledge that you're going to lose, which is he was a defensive coordinator in Carolina before he came here. He worked under Ron Rivera and Sean McDermott. This is a guy that has a really, really strong working knowledge of what Sean McDermott wants to get done on the defensive side. Does, does Washington's leaving... Like increase the urgency to find a way to elevate uh, Babbage in some way, like give him a title so that he doesn't also leave? Because I, I, I would think, you know, they had a good, if not great year on defense, considering all the injuries, especially. Um, and this teaching point you're making, and people seem to rave about Babbage in the same way, like wherever he, mm-hmm. you know, whatever position he's coaching, it seems like people are excelling. So um, does Washington's departure increase the urgency to keep Babbage. Yeah, and by the way, I want to make sure uh, Marcus West is the assistant defensive line coach. You know, he works very closely with Eric Washington. Just want to put his name out there. Maybe that's the guy that they look at to elevate because I think he does a good job in that role too. But as far as Babbage is concerned, yeah, maybe, Bulldog. It's funny. I I wonder if the Bills just kind of slow play this. And what I mean is, so so from what, what I can gather, Bobby Babbage has had three teams request interviews with him. The Dolphins, the Giants, the Packers. I went and looked. I didn't look at the Dolphins' complete chart. Packers, I took a glance at it. I know the Giants, I think they interviewed six guys so far. So all these teams, let's say, are going to interview five, six, seven guys. There's no slam dunk you're going to lose Bobby Babbage. He's mm-hmm. never called plays before. He's never been a defensive coordinator. I mean, I think he's done a hell of a job. I've been saying that here for a couple of years. This guy has two all-pros at safety, moves the linebackers, has an all-pro, and then Tremaine Edmonds gets paid. Like, this guy, and then... Terrell Bernard this year. He's done an amazing job. But if you're the Giants, if you're the Packers, you're the Dolphins, I do wonder, are you going to bring in a first-time defensive caller, play caller, right? Defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. So maybe the Bills look at it and say, look, go get, you know, go through the process. Let us know. Keep us updated. Because they haven't done anything yet. It could also be that Sean McDermott just wants to keep play calling duties. And if that's the case and Babbage doesn't get a job to call play somewhere else, then there's nothing you need to do. He can just stay. So instead of, I guess what I'm trying to say is, instead of feeling the urgency to just make him the play caller and the defensive coordinator slash play caller, if you don't want to do that, maybe you don't have to, right? And Mm -hmm. if you want to do it, that's great. Then do it now. If you want to do it and you think he's going to be right for the job, then do it now. But if you don't want to do it because you want to keep, you know, what McDermott's doing, you don't have to make that move until you know what the other teams are doing and he can keep you a foot of what's happening there. Had a question written down to ask you about free agency, but I think I want to save that. Maybe we'll talk again tomorrow or Wednesday and get to what happened yesterday. Uh, Kansas City and San Francisco winning 
the Chiefs winning in Baltimore, the, the Ravens' pain that surely they and their fans are feeling is very relatable. You know, here, here was a great chance to beat Kansas City, maybe even better, arguably better in Baltimore's case, of course, with the season they had than what the Bills had, but didn't get there. Uh, what, what do you think, Sal, on, on Baltimore there? Like, winnable game. They were able to eventually stop the Chiefs pretty regularly, but could not score a couple of big turnovers. How about how pass-heavy uh, the Ravens were against a team that is a much better team defensively against the pass? Yeah, I feel like they kind of had a – like they let the Chiefs and the mystique of the Chiefs maybe get in their heads. Maybe Todd Munkin did that. I mean, they should have just stuck with their game. Stick with your game. And the Bills ran for 180 yards a week before. Josh Allen ran a bunch against the Chiefs. And, like, here's Lamar. They're not really running him other than in scrambles. There were very few designed runs from what I remember. Three. But I don't know why they didn't, you know, just do that. And maybe, like, to me, sometimes this can happen, right, where, okay, like, they go down, Chiefs score, then you go down and score. Okay, we're in a battle here. We're in a game. Once the Chiefs take a two-score lead – you almost feel like you got to do something different to catch up. You can't let this game get away from you. And maybe that's what they did. But yet here comes the defense stop after stop. I mean, the Zay Flowers fumble was monstrous too, right? Mm -hmm. If Zay Flowers gets in the end zone, we might have a different result. Maybe then they do get the stop, and then they just say, we're going to pound the ball down the field and at least tie this game up, if not you know, win the game. That could have happened as well. Kind of like the same situation the Bills were in when they went on their final drive. And okay, you know, we're in a position here to try and to try and win this thing or at least tie it. I, I agree. They should have ran the ball more. I just wonder if that whole, we got Mahomes and Reed and the Chiefs and they're there. They got a two score lead and ah, we're going to panic. What do we do now? You know, and then we start throwing the ball all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it was it really was odd uh, that they. It's it. Yeah. I, I I agree. I, like, maybe it just got in their own heads too much, and yep. Um, you know, maybe too much time on task. Um, they they think we're gonna do this, so we better not do this. We'll do that instead, which is be more throw heavy. And they got away from doing what has worked for them. Yeah, and if you if you think like as a as a play caller philosophically. You also think, okay, we can run the ball, and then, but we grind the clock down, and we don't get there. Like we're we're kind of shortening our own game to try and catch up, right? So you might think that way, but that's who they were this year, the Ravens. They did such a good job running the ball, and I mean, there were some plays missed, no doubt. And you know, Lamar threw that ball into triple coverage. That was a bad decision. I, I just, I, I, I think he had an amazing year. I have no problem with him winning MVP. I think he's going to win MVP. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I think it's unfortunate that we're in this space now where, and I guess maybe we've always done it, but I just see it all the time more on social media. You just got to play the blame game real quick, right? And you got to play the, he can't win this game, and he can't do that, and this is Josh, and this is Lamar. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact is the Chiefs are just really, really good. They're great, and it's it's really, really hard to beat them. Where do you come down on Dan Campbell, Sal? Oh, man. I, he should – or do you I want the hatchet question again? Or if it was, <laughs> let me ask you that. Yeah, right. No, I guess if you take it, in the, let me take the micro first. The game yesterday, the decision to run the ball on third down was awful. You got to throw the ball there. You can't put yourself in a position where if you get stopped, you have to waste that timeout. You absolutely have to keep that timeout. You throw the ball. And I even would have thought about, you know, kicking the field goal there on the next play, even though they did score a touchdown, right? I mean, like that. Uh, the fourth down thing, I don't, you know, 
Fourth down, th- this is what he's done. All, this is who he is. And this is what people respect and love about him, right? So I'm fine with that. Those are decisions in the game that can go either way, but that's who he's been and aggressive and those kinds of things. Um, but, man, overall macro, I mean, we made fun of biting kneecaps, mm-hmm. right? And people made fun of this guy back to the Dolphins days when he was an interim and interim, and, uh, interim coach. And then he gets hired in Detroit and culture, culture, and, you know, brute. And, ah, right? But he wasn't that kind of coach. He wasn't. Super old school because of the aggressiveness, because of the high-flying offense they had. I think he at least demonstrated that. But I think this is a win for people who love that kind of spirit on the sidelines and love that kind of energy in a building and love that kind of camaraderie and get-together, and their, their culture and their way of going about it. This was nice, and I was really glad to see a guy like Dan Campbell who represents all of that succeed this year. Yeah, and he he got into that gig with no no play calling experience on either side of the ball, mm-hmm. right? So there's so right. much focus on play calling. McDermott's calling plays for defense. Want an offensive coach because I want the offense like Andy Reid. Like the, 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 that way, the hot coordinator's not leaving. Campbell's neither, and like there he is. Yeah, and Ben Johnson did a great job this year. But again, I don't know. Has it come out who made the decision on that third down call to goal line? Was it Ben Johnson's call? Was it Campbell's call? Because that was just that was a defining moment of the game. And again, I'll go back to sure, we can definitely say like that was a big part, but that's not the only reason they lost. I mean, the Niners did a nice job in the second half and Purdy used his legs and give them a lot of credit. But in the Detroit dropped a big pass, you know, and they just they just kind of weren't up to it at the biggest moments of that game as it, as it was coming down. Maybe the biggest play of that game is that 51-yarder to Ayuk off of the dude's face mask. I mean, talk about fluky oh, yeah. bad luck. I mean, Man. that is unbelievable. Yeah, and, you know, if you're if you're in Detroit today, I mean, you know, it's a city they never have been, been to a Super Bowl. They're the only team uh, that's played every year of professional football, right? I mean, going back, this is in the Super Bowl era. It's played every year professional football and has never been to a Super Bowl. I think that's what the stat is. Something like that. There's been teams that never been to a Super Bowl. Um, I think that's what the stat is. Either way, and you know, you get so close and you have this lead, and to lose it like that, you have to be so happy with the really quick turnaround of the team and how they got to where they were, um, maybe unexpectedly. But to lose like that when you think you're just, you know, 20 minutes away from the Super Bowl, whatever it was, when they had the lead, and it's just got to be crushing. I think that's right. The Browns took a break. Expansion teams, Houston, Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, so only team not to make it that's been there every year. Well, big year for them, but it's got to really hurt today because they were in, had 24-7 lead and uh, so close. Okay, Sal, thanks for your time. Well, yeah, real quick, the other thing that happened as of yesterday, that means that the Bills now do not, they will not be a candidate to play opening night Thursday night football because they play both the Chiefs and the Niners at home, whereas either of the other two teams won the Super Bowl, they could have gone to them on the opening night of week. If I promise no hockey, do we have a conversation tomorrow about what will happen? Oh, you can talk one? hockey anytime you want. I just week didn't one. want to disparage Dom, that's all, because I was going to say Brady off the top of my head right away. I'm like, wait a minute, okay. though. I don't want to do that here. Okay, you didn't have to. That's hockey cool. anytime you want. All right. Thank you. <laughs> there you, you got go. it. Our Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearances are always brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? I mean, it's going to fly by, but plenty of time to guess wildly at the primetime schedule for week one in 2024. It's going to fly by. Just don't put it off too long because then you're going to be like, oh, I wish I had my life back. We could have done more of that. 803-0550 for your calls on yesterday. The Chiefs do it again. 
we're all it's time draft and coaching changes and free agency all that uh, like it or not we've we've arrived at that that space on the board here Mike Shope and the Bulldog back after the update this is WGR okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 